0: Hi, welcome to Tales from the Doghouse. I am Lisa and I'm from the Complete Canine Online and here with me today is...
1: I
2: am Stacy, and I am from Focused Fun in the U.S. Hi, and I'm Ness. I'm from Separation Anxiety in Dogs Decoded, and I am in Australia. And welcome to our special holiday-slash-Christmas edition. Uh, this will be the last one we're recording uh, before the end of the year. We're going to have a little break for a couple of weeks, and then we'll be back in the new year. But today we are giving our listeners a lovely holiday gift, which is... We are answering some of your questions um, and I'm going to kick it off. Susanna, I think, I'm sorry, Susanna, I hope I've pronounced your name correctly. Um, she sent in two questions. Um, the first one is, is it okay to let your dog sleep in your bedroom with you? Right. And um, my answer to that is yes, <laughs> dogs are social sleepers. In fact, the Mayo Clinic study um, Sorry, the Mayo Clinic did a study um, and I can't tell you what year it is because I forgot to look it up, um, but they have done a study uh, which I found quite interesting. And I actually have written a blog about this a couple of months ago. So if anybody wants to have a look at that, you can find it at rough, R-U-F-F, diamonds.net, so roughdiamonds.net forward slash blog. Um, and just go through the blogs till you find it. But anyway, the Mayo Clinic study found that more than half, in other words, 56% of pet owners allow their pets to sleep in their bedrooms. 20% of those described their pets as disruptive as opposed to 41% who said their pets were unobtrusive or even beneficial to sleep with. Um, Having a pet in your bedroom can lower your blood pressure and you feel calmer. In fact, sleeping with your dog may release oxytocin, meaning you are likely to have a deeper sleep. Um, The old school thought is that allowing dogs in the bedroom can cause dominance issues and it could also contribute to separation anxiety. Right. But I would like to put some of those those two um, thoughts to bed. Did you see what I did there? I would like to put them to bed uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> uh if you have dominance issues this is much more likely to be a training problem or lack of it right um and when it comes to separation anxiety you cannot you cannot create it by allowing your dog to sleep in your bedroom in fact many dogs who sleep with their owners do not suffer from separation anxiety if you do have a dog with separation anxiety, letting them be with you at night will actually make them feel more at ease and less anxious. A dog that is petrified to be on its own is more likely to fly into a panic if it is left by itself. Thoughts? Wow.
0: I agree. Not- yeah, I, I agree with <laughs> <of> the above. <laughs> cool. Yeah, for sure. Dogs, as you said, dogs, dogs are ultimately pack animals, and they just love to be with us and sleep in a big lump together. Um, hmm. I personally don't have my dog in my bedroom, only meanie. because I'm a meanie, I like to stretch out. <laughs> she has always, She's always slept downstairs in her cage, and she goes in her cage at about nine in the evening. Um, the cage door is left open, and she's, she's still in there in the morning when I come down. That's her bedroom, so she's fine about that. But if she wasn't, then, you know, she could come upstairs, but I have two cats on the bed. Actually, that's more <laughs> than enough for me. But no, you're right. If 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 you you want to take your dog to bed, then that's absolutely fine.
2: So yeah. the other question Susanna had, um, and I think especially at this time of year, is particularly re- uh, relevant. Um, she asks, should I continue training when we are away from home, from our usual home, e.g., visiting family?
0: Yeah, that's what, a great. That's a yeah, great- It's a good question. Um, I would, it's very difficult. I mean, dogs don't generalize easily. So I think training per se in a different environment is very difficult in truth. So should
2: we just, for people who don't understand what generalizing means, should we just maybe quickly explain what a dog trainer means when they say dogs don't generalize?
0: Sure. So so something that the dog has learned at home, and might know really well. If you then go to somewhere else, he won't. He or she won't necessarily apply the same training to a different situation. Yeah. Um,
2: so I explain that to people, like clients. Um, so if you teach a puppy to sit in the kitchen, that doesn't mean they understand what sit means in the lounge room. So they just you have to kind of almost reteach that skill because they can't generalise that sit actually means sit wherever they are just to break it down to basics.
1: I think the only time I would make an exception to the don't bother training when you're on vacation or with family rule is if you vacation in the same house, like every summer, for example, and you're going to be there. A long time. Like for, for an extended period of time, then I might say, okay, it's worth your time. Or if you go there, like, you know, several times a year or something like that. But if you're traveling to different places um, and you're not there very long, I just, I don't think that you're going to get the traction on your training that you'll need. Um, If you do decide to train in your place that's not normal, then do another baseline and, and don't just pick up where you've left off at home.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's some training that you can do um, uh, a game that we call the door is a bore, which is more about walking to the door and getting the dog used to a door and etc. And you could probably do that in a different environment, I think. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's not too stressful, particularly if the dog is, is, you know, doing well in his training journey. Um, But there's such a lot of different parameters when you're in somebody else's house and there's lots of other Oh, the stresses and strains going on—not um, just for the dog, but for you as well. And I, I personally think it's best. Let's just give yourself and the dog a holiday. And there's nothing wrong in that. In fact, often it's a really great idea to have a break from training. Yeah. Um, the dog will come back, you know, refreshed and feeling better, just as you you will yourself. So, especially over Christmas, it's just because it's a bit of a crazy time, or can be.
2: okay so uh one more question that i have is my dog is usually outside when i'm not home is it still possible to do the training how do i go about it um i mean yes obviously it it is still possible to do the training um you would probably go about it the same way as you would if your dog was in the house i personally don't like my dog to be outside when i'm not at home regardless because i don't you know, you never know what's going to go wrong. I feel like the home is a safer environment, but that's not always possible for, and people, often people like to leave their dogs outside. Um, but I think then you have to look at what your exit point is and what the dog finds to be the scary thing um, and start working around that as opposed to if you were, if the dog was in the house and one would assume that the exit point might be your front door or the door to your garage or, or whatever it is. So what is the exit point that you use? When your dog is outside, what do you guys think?
0: That's a really interesting question. That's Mm. so. This is a dog that is a yard dog, basically. No, so the
2: dog is is actually a house dog, but when they leave the house, they like to put the dog outside. Well, and some dogs do better outside, Um, you know. And if if you
1: if your area is safe from theft and that sort of thing, and your dog. I, I think my biggest concern with a separation anxiety dog being outside would be, you know, digging at exit points mm. and, and escaping the yard yeah and then going to look for their owner. So that would be my biggest concern. <clears throat> but I do think that, um, like you said, it's, it's just... Because it's not really the traditional setup that we would just need to to help them work through what points are triggering. How do we, you know, how do we build time? But it's, it's the the training essentially is the same. But there's just going to be some nuances that um, pairing up with a trainer would would help them be able to apply it to their situation a little bit better.
0: Would it be worth using? Um... Training in in two scenarios in that training outside and training inside because surely at some point there's going to be situations, or could well be situations when the dog is going to be left inside on its own. I think I would be recommending that they did, they got used to being able to leave the dog inside as well. In fact, the dog might be fine being left inside. In fact, I would say, hey, let's try leaving the dog inside. <laughs> you know, might be getting stressed because you're leaving him outside. Um, I don't know. It's just a, it's quite a, maybe because I live in the UK and um, the weather yeah. is really rubbish out here. <laughs> Yeah. Not many people that would, I say that, maybe I'm naive, not when people would purposely put their dog outside to go when the dog is inside normally. Um, yeah. It would be more likely the other way around, actually. Anyway, that's saying, an interesting,
2: it is an interesting question. In saying that, talking about the weather, we've just had a horrendous heat wave here on the Gold Coast in Australia. And then now we've just had five days of torrential rain, like I'm talking um, Noah's Ark kind of weather. So it's definitely not a day you would leave your dog outside, no. not unless you, you get- had an awesome undercover area or something.
0: You get everything in Australia. Oh, you? You- I know
2: everything that's deadly. <laughs> yeah, giant spiders, killer crocodiles, <laughs> great whites. Yeah, <laughs> you name it: jellyfish, snakes. <laughs> anyway moving on
1: (laughs) on. questions that some of the questions that i got one of them was about rescues so how do you know that my rescue if if they have separation anxiety or they're just struggling to settle in um and I would say, first of all, thank you for rescuing. That's awesome. Mm. Um, secondly, I would say um, sometimes we just don't know because the behavior does look the same. Um, mm-hmm. So, but what you do in those early days can make a difference on how quickly the dog settles in and um, potentially form forming. Um, you know, their impressions about what, it, what being alone means, right? So if I would almost treat a rescue like a puppy. I oh, know, um, I was just going to so say you that. come um, home with your rescue, yeah, I mean, it's the same, isn't it? You watch them like a hawk for potty training, you know, are they a chewer or not, you know, because you're coming home and they could be not used to being indoors, and so they're not sure, you know, Furniture is wood. Can I chew on it or no? Um, And then being alone. So I think all of those things, we just um, dropped our puppy episode last week. So do have a listen to that, but I would treat it as separation anxiety, or at least do the set, the home alone training with them, Um, have a camera and, you know, with a lot of rescues, it is just settling in. So then you will progress more quickly. But um, it is worth taking that time up front so that they're not forming negative associations about being left alone and and that. So that that would be my advice. How about you? Yeah. If you send this. Um, yeah,
2: I
0: agree. I, I, as you said, I would have gone down the, the puppy route. Exactly, exactly what you say. Treat a rescue like a puppy because it's the same mm-hmm. sort of thing. It's a new new dog.
2: And I've said this before, I know, but I mean, often these rescue dogs are on their second or third home already. So they may very well struggle because they don't know whether this is their, you know, they might get very clingy because they don't want to let you out of their sight because they're Mm -hmm. worried they're going to get rehomed yet again.
1: Okay, my next question was about crates. And um, the person just wanted to know more about why we don't recommend them. And, you know, actually, I would always prefer to give the dog a choice of whether the crate was the place that they wanted to be or not. But as a general rule, separation anxiety dogs do better outside the crate. And we've talked about this before. Um, If you think your dog might be the exception to that rule, then just try it try it in the crate, try an exercise in the crate and an exercise out of the crate and just see which one's easier for them and then go with that. Um, So that's what I would recommend with crates. Um, You know, I I feel like crates can be useful for a lot of different things. Some dogs really enjoy their crates. A lot of separation anxiety dogs like their crates, but then struggle when left in their crate. So there is that distinction for a lot of the dogs. Um, So just try it. Uh, there's there's no nothing in here the science does show there are some studies that show that you know the same thing that we have found independently as trainers that dogs tend to do better out of the crate so um, that that's where that recommendation comes from but you know dogs are individuals so we're we're all good with you trying it in the crate but just you know I I think it's important to be flexible and go with what's easiest for the dog
2: I think a lot of people get hung up on the but if he's outside of the crate, he's going to damage something or you know, he's mm. gonna do something awful. But if if you're undertaking the training, then you're you've got your eyes on him with your camera the whole time. And in between those times, you're managing your absences. In other words, you've got him with somebody or, you know, at the pet sitters or somebody's staying with him, or you take him somewhere, whatever it looks like. But um yeah so this so him or her being outside of the crate isn't an issue because you're managing it properly. Exactly. So that you don't have to freak out about them being outside the crate because right, right. it's part of part of the training process. I right right. Having, so
1: between between managing absences and the training you're
0: going to have eyes on your dog. Yeah. Like I think having a crate for your dog is always a great thing to have. In that, at some point, there's always a chance that your dog's going to end up in a crate or a kennel. For example, when he goes to the uh, vets, or if you, um, if for some reason he has to be put into a confined area. So I think having a crate in your dog's life is always great, even if the crate door is always left open. Um, just getting that space that a dog will go in and out comfortably is a, is really great training for a dog anyway. Um, and as, as you said, Stacey, you know, if they, you just have to suck it in see. and if, if, they're, if they're not happy in a crate, well then don't close at all. But I think having a crate around is just, even just so that the dog knows what it is, even if it's not locked mm-hmm. in at any point. So if it, at some point it needs to be put in a crate, it's going to be a lot easier for it. And if it's never had one in the house at all. My, my, the final
1: question that I got that somebody wrote in was just, you know, I feel so overwhelmed and I don't know where to start. Um, And I think this is something that, that we've addressed before, but I think one of the things that, that is because separation anxiety is something that does take a longer time to train. And you have to have contingency plans and, you know, manage absences and work with the vet. And it can feel like a lot of moving pieces. So um, I think in one of our other episodes, we kind of uh, talked about the first things that you need to do. And I think one of them that we all agreed on was do talk to your vet. But I think the biggest thing that can help you from feeling overwhelmed is working with a trainer. Because the trainer can then be there to say, okay, your goal for this week is fill in the blank, you know, and I think it takes some of the kind of aimless, you know, maybe this will work, maybe this will work, maybe this will work and and throwing all of these things at it that could work, we're all in the, the space of having been through it with a client before so we can say, you know in general those things don't work let's concentrate on xy and z which are shown to work
0: yeah so that's I what agree. i would
1: recommend for somebody who is feeling overwhelmed
0: yeah i agree i think obviously working with a trainer that's that is the main gig and the trainer is not just there to tell you what to do when to do it etc the trainer is there as your coach we have broad shoulders and big ears and we're <laughs> here for you to just give it to us we can take that because we're not we're not actually living it and it's it's really really useful to have someone you can speak to who has knowledge and experience but is outside of your actual situation um and that in itself just talking i mean i see that on a daily basis when i'm talking to my clients the relief and stress just falls off them that they know that they can talk to me and about anything about their highs and their lows and I'm just going to take it all and go, it's okay, it's fine, you know. And, and that will help with your overwhelm as well as having a good plan of what to do and, you know, getting you from A to B.
2: It is overwhelming too. Like, I mean, if you think you you can't even – I mean, so many owners can't even step out the door. Like, I mean, some some – I've got mm-hmm. clients that started with being able to be on, on the other side of the door, like, for five minutes, and some they can't even make it outside of the door. So mm-hmm. it is – Very overwhelming and the other question that they all ask is how long is this going to take it Mm. doesn't it does take a while but it can be done and it can be done with like you say the right support and 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 with the right specialist coach um it's not as overwhelming because you've got someone to hold your hand which is everything the support yeah
0: sounds good Mm -hmm. Okay, is that all of our questions? Yeah, those were all my questions. I'll tell you what, those are six fabulous Christmas presents I'd like to have under my Christmas tree. <laughs> mm. Hey, I'll tell you what, that's just, we've knocked that out the park, it's brilliant. Unwrapped some <laughs> of the questions around separation anxiety. <laughs> oh, that's it, I, I like nice. that question. You're very punny today. <laughs> You're, very <good. laughs> You're really on it. What have you been putting in your coffee? <laughs> I need another one actually. It's 6am it's, uh, at the
2: moment, but I've been awake since
0: uh, 3.30. Wow.
2: Uh, wow! One of my dogs decided she was desperate to go outside, so I was like, oh. okay. <laughs> oh at least she let me know. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. Better than cleaning up a mess, that's for sure. <laughs> mm.
2: So, well, we'll. I guess we won't be back till um, sometime in the new year.
0: absolutely. Season two. Keep your ears and you're for season two and we'll be back with a vengeance. Yeah. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy New 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 Year. Year. From the UK. I won't sing because I sing really bad. (laughs) Yeah, that's so funny. That's so nice to you can follow us on spotify you can
2: subscribe to us on apple podcasts and we're also on google podcasts and some other listening apps if you would like to write us a five-star review on apple Podcasts, we will love you forever and yeah just wishing everybody a wonderful time of year merry christmas merry christmas これが本当か本当<音楽>